Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Happy holidays. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Bears. I'm Joey Christopoulos, my co-host, Corey Wooten. Thank you so much for checking us out on YouTube. Comment and question below. Thank you for listening on a TuneIn or SiriusXM or wherever you get your podcast. we got a great Bears-Bills preview coming up in 30 seconds. But first, got to talk about our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. It's the holiday season, and BetOnline, it's the number one source for all your football betting needs. They have the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. they got free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. How do you say no? So what you got to do is go to betonline.ag right now you'll receive a 100 welcome bonus a christmas miracle 100 first bonus when you use promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to receive that reward bet online where the game starts ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for coming into the pod thank you so much for coming into this show all season long it is week 16 the chicago bears are 3 and 11 but still there's excitement in the air it's the holiday season they're playing bears bills it's going to be insanely cold the winds are going to be 55 miles an hour so we're here to talk about it with our co-host fox 32 chicago chgo's very own northwestern wildcat and a man who's played in the cold before and he's smoted brett Favre in one of the coldest games of all time it's Corey. what's up Corey? <laughs> what's going on my man and you talked about it man I, i've had some experience playing in the cold went to northwestern right out there in evanston Played for the Bears. Um, yeah, and, and that one game in 2013, Joe, I think you remember we played the Cowboys. Uh, it was it was about minus 13 uh, with the wind chill and everything. It was a cold game. I remember uh, Jason Witten, uh, talented tight end that's a Hall of Famer, he comes across on a crackback block, and we hit each other. And I just remember <laughs> he was just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, and i was like yeah man i know it it was just like kind of like that brother-in-law thing like let's take care of each other like yeah let's just let's just give it in there but uh yeah, i just remember him saying that and i was just i just started dying laughing i'm like man it is it is cold as heck like that's the coldest i've ever been in a game honestly like i told warmers had everything bro minus 13 oh my like, god i i never thought i could play in something like that but yeah, it's going to be similar. It's not going to be that cold on uh, on on Saturday, but it, you know, with the wind chill, it's it's going to be pretty dang cold. Um, Josh Allen's coming to town, so it's going to be a, a a great thing because I think you know Josh Allen's a mobile quarterback that you know is kind of similar to Justin Fields in his first year, who kind of struggled a little bit, um, and then really took the jump. Uh, you know, his next couple seasons. So we're hoping Justin Fields can eventually be you know, kind of what Josh Allen is, but on a different level. Because, you know, Justin Fields is a playmaker using his feet. Unbelievable. How about that run on on uh, when he's almost sacked by Reddick? That was unbelievable, dude. That was unbelievable. Justin Fields is a playmaker. Just ask all the Philadelphia Eagles defensive players who've been bringing soundbite after soundbite, like, you know, Google Darius Slay, go down the list of all the shaking Graham. their heads. Unbelievable, right, Corey? I mean, and when the defense starts saying things like that, I mean, that's when a Chicago Bears fans' ears have to perk up because I've honestly never heard that before. And, dude, man, it, it, it's something else. Like, my wife is a diehard Steelers fan, and she watches Justin Fields play at times and hear me, like, viscerally react to him on the field making magic. And, you know, you could just kind of tell that he's just a really special player. And he's just so fun to watch, man. I mean, there's no denying it right now. And he showcased it again last week against one of the best teams in the NFL, if not the best team in the NFC. The, the best part about it is, right, this has been an awful season for the Bears, right? We have a lot of deficiencies. The defense has been pretty awful as far as, like, the, the defensive line and lack of pressure. Uh, secondary has been a bright spot uh, at times. 
But I think the, the thing is, like, this doesn't feel like a three-win season at this point, right? It feels a lot better. Why? Because you finally have a quarterback that everybody feels great about, right? The season started out, everyone was kind of questioning Justin Fields and what can he do? And then all of a sudden the Patriots game, that kind of shifted. So it's been great to see Justin Fields' development, right? And, and what I love the most is he got sacked six times in that game, right? Pressured, I, I, I don't even know, probably another 10 times. Um, hit a bunch of other times, but he didn't turn the ball over, right? Which is yeah. unbelievable, you know, because most guys that are playing against that talented Philadelphia Eagles front, they can beat you with straight rush. They had some great games in there, but Justin Fields being able to do what he did, his passer rating being what it was, um, being pretty efficient. You know, he left a couple on the table on some of those uh, swing screens. He didn't set his feet or whatnot, but it's been unbelievable to just see him go against great defenses and play well and make plays. And hey, I told you, there's not a defensive end in this game that can run with him. It's literally on those zone reads. It's like good luck, like trying to run with him a defensive end against Justin Fields. It's it's gonna be so fun next year to see him when when we actually have that offensive line when we have one true number one receiver, right? So Poles, yeah. you got to If you got to trade, I think that's probably gonna be the best route to trade for a wide receiver, right? Because I feel like at this point, right, Joey, I'm eyeing that first round pick as a defensive lineman. You know, I think Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, we got to go one or two. I don't think we trade back. I think I think we focus on one of those guys for sure because I think those are difference makers, franchise guys that can do that. But I think at the wide receiver position, I don't feel confident in picking anybody with that, with that first pick, you know, in the first four uh, picks potentially. I feel like we're going to have to trade for a veteran guy, maybe like a DeAndre Hopkins, maybe a Mike Evans. Um, what a, I'll, throw a like name, a, I'll throw a name at you right now, and it's it's strictly out of contractual uh, you know, issues that they're going to have moving forward. The new name this week is T. Higgins. Now, this is a big receiver like who's played in some huge games right now, but the question is, Corey, you know, that's probably the, the, the highest price tag out of all those players that you just named. He's mm -hmm. probably a guy that the Bengals are going to ask for at least a first round pick for, which we're not really honestly going to have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, outside of maybe, you know, we can get into it later, but, you know, I like Quentin Johnston a whole lot out of TCU. Yep. But where is yep. he going to be around at 55 when we draft in the second round? Who knows? Okay. You know, at this point, you know, what do you think about T Higgins? Would that, would that have interest to you? I, I, I like him. Um, but the thing is, right. Obviously Jamar Chase is, is the number one over there. I just worry, right. Is, is he truly a number one? That's, his that's life what is I'm too worried easy. about. His life is too easy. Yeah, in that offense. yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Because I feel like he's talented for sure, but maybe, maybe he's in Jamar Chase's shadow. But my thing is like this: he is a young guy, right? He's only going to keep getting better. Um, the the part I worry about with some of these receivers that um, really do well underneath a number number one receiver, you know, you look at Juju Smith Schuster, right? When Antonio Brown left, you look at Chase Claypool as well. You know, when some guys left, um, they struggled to get that same production in there. So that's that's why, you know, like a Mike Evans for me, I that would, that would be a pretty good situation. I feel like he still has, you know, four more good years left in the tank. And and what are we trying to do? We're trying to win a Super Bowl in the next three years. I think that's the goal. You know, I think if we could do it in two, that would be great. But I think it's surrounding Justin Fields with that number one. Right. Because I feel great about Darnell Mooney as a number two all day, right? I feel good about him as a two or a three, right? If Claypool can come alive, which I think he can, but we need that number one receiver. And then we have Coco Met for the red zone as well. So then I feel good about that situation with playmakers for Justin Fields. 
and then it's about the offensive line, right? Because yeah. I feel I feel decent about Braxton Jones. I told you he's got to get stronger. But at the same time, now we have a right tackle issue. Now we have How's a that Leatherwood smell? How did Leatherwood smell last week, Corey? That, it, it smelled that's like burnt rough. leather, that's, bro. That's a rough. That's a rough. Yeah. Rough so so we know we know we know right now he's not a right tackle. The, not a right tackle, right? Reddick's a good but he just didn't seem like he had the footwork for it. He looked very good in the run game. So I I'm put on my, my, my cap right here, and I'm going to say Leatherwood, moving the guard, right? Tevin Jenkins is out right now. Um, he's not going to play this week with the, with the neck issue. I'm hoping it's not serious because he's the yeah. future Pro Bowl caliber right guard. But now put Leatherwood in that position, right? See see what he can do out there. Let's see, right? Because then, then let's move him to left. Let's try him at right guard and see yeah. because – Really good run blocker, strong guy. I just don't know if he has the footwork for that. Same thing with Tevin Jenkins. We tried him at left tackle. Didn't really work out. He's a fit at right guard. And who knows? Maybe Tevin Jenkins can be left guard and, you know, Alex Leatherwood can be a right guard or, or vice versa, you know. But I think you have to give him uh, a chance at guard, right? We, we, we gave up money to get him, you know, like we're taking his contract. So you got to see what he can do, right? These four games, give him a chance at guard, right? Cody White here, I mean, got absolutely manhandled last week. So that was surprising for me because I've always been a big fan of his. I thought he's been a solid performer, um, and he kind of struggled. So, yeah, and, and now they're talking about how they don't know if they're going to keep Lucas Patrick. So I guess we'll see how this how this is in the offseason, right? I just feel like he didn't get a fair shake at center. Guard, he got destroyed, but he's not a guard. So yeah. we got to see about that. We have a lot of issues, right? We need four defensive linemen. We need four <laughs> defensive linemen, too. So we yes, have a lot uh, of holes to fill, Joey. Yeah, that's the question, Corey. Well, so uh, I I can't tell if it's the coaching staff trying to protect Cody Whitehair, but they are they do have him on the injured list now with a knee injury, so we don't know whether he was playing through something or not. But yeah, man, that whole offensive line really, really struggled last week, and you know, obviously the Bills, even minus Von Miller, they still have talent on that defensive side of the ball. So, Corey, before we preview Bears and Bills, um, I had a topic for you. We teased it last week. Uh, you kind of mentioned a couple of them right now, but I want to hear Corey's Christmas list for the 2023 Bears. Next year's Chicago Bears. Now, you've mentioned some of these. Number one wide receiver, offensive line, defensive line. If you could put one, of course, we have a lot of holes to fill, right? Yeah. we got a lot of money yep. to spend and some draft capital. So, Corey, you know, what is that number one? What is number one on Corey's Christmas list that you want to see for the 2023 Bears next season? Ooh, so number one. Um... I think it's I think it's on the defensive line and people say, whoa, well, what about just no our, our our defensive line? I mean, Joe, you've seen it. We have eight and a half sacks of defensive line. We need pressure, right? Yep. Championships are won in this league by defensive linemen. You know, I could I could go on examples. The Giants beating uh, Tom Brady, the Von Miller beating the, the Panthers, um, Seattle beating Denver uh, in that one game where Peyton Manning got absolutely destroyed by. Uh, Cliff Averill and them. Patriots um, beat the Rams, the vaunted Jared Goff Rams, a couple of years ago. Exactly, exactly. You look at you look at last year with Von Miller and and Aaron Donald. You know guys like that. Um, defense wins championships, and and any team, I believe, you have to beef up both sides of the O line. So uh, O line and D line. So I think both of those to me are are on chief chief concern. But I think defense first because Joey, it's it's been tough. The the Eagles the Eagles had had four guys that had eight and a half sacks or more, <laughs> and we have one we have as a whole team eight and a half sacks <laughs> on the defensive line. Um, so yeah, we we, we 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 have a lot of needs to feed. I feel like Justin Jones 
he should play the nose. Let's have him back for another year. He's at a decent price. I feel like he'll be a fit for there because I, I told you, I don't think he's fast enough to play three technique in this. So essentially then three, right? We have three, three, uh, you know, two ends and, and a three technique, right? And then obviously we'll draft some, some depth at, at defensive end and tackle as well. Um, but the offensive line too. Now it seems like we need, we need another guard. We need potentially a center. We need a right tackle. So, so there's a lot of needs. So honestly, I'm telling you like this, and people might say, "Oh, Riley Reef's getting." You, I keep. Let's keep Riley Reef. I've liked what I've seen from him. Honestly, I think he's been solid. I Doesn't think, hurt I you. Think he hasn't. I think he hasn't been beat much. Um, he's a solid guy. I feel like too many times people are like, "Well, he's old. He's getting up there. He's not going to be." In. Listen, he gives us a better chance to win than Larry Borum did in the beginning of the season. But it's almost like, "Oh, I want to play the young guy because yeah, he could be here." No. Joey, if they're equal, you play the younger guy. But if somebody's significantly better and gives you a better chance to win, you play him. So my thing is like this. You have Riley Reef for another year, right? Put him at right tackle. I'll play him at right tackle, right? And then that's one, one thing you don't have to worry about for next season, right? So get him at right tackle. Braxton Jones at left tackle. Tevin Jenkins, hopefully his neck is good. He's back at right guard, right? Leatherwood, give him a shot at left guard. Let's see what he can do, right? And I think you give you give Lucas Patrick another opportunity because he really didn't get. And then all of a sudden you got that offensive line figured out a little bit, maybe potentially just a guard for next year. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then you draft some guys later in the round that could be potential like a Braxton Jones for, for next year. Right. Right. Then you take care of that, that defensive line and then you get yourself a weapon because you need, that's the only thing I, I worry about because polls is really confident with, with the offensive line. Right. I think he he's, He's a, he's a, he's a guru. He says, when it comes he knows. To that, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. but I want, I'm just hoping he doesn't leave Justin Fields out to dry. Like he did this year, because I really think that's what he did. He didn't surround him enough talent. When Equinemius St. Brown is your best receiver. When coming into the season, I think he had 400 yards receiving in his career. You're doing Justin's Justin Fields a disservice. Honestly, like this could have turned out way worse than it has been. Right. Because Justin Fields has flashed so much talent as a playmaker, but he needs to surround him with one more weapon, a legit weapon, Joey, that's going to go up and get it. That when you need something on the line, like a Justin Jefferson, like a Jamar Chase, that's what we need. We need a dog at receiver. Yeah. So, Corey, you know, I, I think in the beginning of the season, I was harping on, you know, you need to get that big stud, you know, left tackle in the draft. And let's just say if they if they do that at the top of the draft next year, I will be happy. But actually, Corey, I'm leaning a little bit more in the direction that I think you, that you're pointing at is that we've got five picks in the first four rounds coming up. One of those definitely needs to be an offensive lineman. Outside of that, though, Justin Fields, I think, has really changed how we should really attack this offseason. And by that, I mean, I, I, I'm with you, man, on this whole concept of we got to just bring in a bunch of kids. You know, can we just get some fucking professionals at the offensive line, please? You know what I'm saying? Like, can we, it's this thing of like, think of any analogy that you want, you know, someone that drives a train or a stagecoach, you don't hand it over to the kids. You give it to the people that have done it before. Right. And you keep trying to build it out incrementally through there. And I know Ryan Poles wants to build it out incrementally. So get some veterans and some solid people. You know what I mean? Fine. Go get, you know, uh, I'm going to get his first name wrong. Uh, Elgin, Elgin and Jenkins or whatever from the Packers to play yep. guard. If you want to sign somebody, bring a Riley reef back. See if you can get more from Braxton Jones. Draft a guy, but don't get multiple guys that are so young that need to learn on the fly. And, Corey, that is my big Christmas wish, is that I think Ryan Poles needs to completely 
I think he needs to change his perspective of how he should treat this offseason. And I'm, I'm going to use the word urgency. I'm not going to use the word desperate. But I know that Ryan Pulse is a new general manager, and he's going to build this thing out one year at a time by the draft and incrementally get pieces and grow everything together. But, dude, I'll be honest with you right now. After what I've seen from Justin Fields, we have an opportunity. I don't know about winning the Super Bowl next year, but we have an opportunity to be a playoff team. And anyone that says otherwise is fooling themselves. If we have ourselves a Justin Fields-type quarterback or any of these quarterbacks, tell me right now, if Justin Herbert went to the Super Bowl this year, I would be surprised I wouldn't be shocked. You want to know why? Because he's Justin Herbert, that type of caliber of quarterback. And if Justin Fields is going to be that kind of guy, there's no reason to believe that we can't compete next year. So when you're talking about allocating dollars, you know, I want him to have a bit of some balance, right? I want to see him be bold. Defensive line, I think, is going to be a huge issue. Linebacker is going to be another issue. We want to get someone to pair with whoever, if it is Jack Sanborn or if it is someone else. We want to figure that out. I think you want to be veteran savvy on the offensive line. And then that wide receiver position, man, that's the tough one. That's the one where Ryan Poles needs to get creative, and it's probably above my pay grade. But man, He's got to get that I, one right. He's got to get that one right, get, 100%. got to get it right. Yeah, because because you you can't leave Justin Fields with with the same roster at wide receiver that he had this year. You just can't. That's doing him a disservice, right? That that is mm-hmm. that is neglecting him. Yeah, I, I think I think arguably, um, besides the defensive line for me, I think that's the most important thing. And obviously, I know he's going to address the, the offensive line, but I'm just hoping that he has that first on on his importance, right? Because just look just look at if we would have had one more weapon like. O-line aside, right? If we had a true number one, if we had a Mike Evans, if we had a DeAndre Hopkins, if we had an A.J. Brown, if we had a Devontae Smith, look at Jalen Hurts, how there's a couple throws where you're like, oh, that should have been picked maybe, but they go up and get it, right? Because they're dogs. That's what we need. We need a dog. We don't need, we don't need a dog. We need a dog, Joey. That's what we need, all right? I mean, you know, we can, we can play with the fantasy maybe later, but I am I am really curious to see what happens to the Raiders in the offseason. I know the dude just got a ton of money, uh, but, you know, you wonder what De- Devontae Adams' happy, happiness level is going to be depending on who their quarterback is going to be next season. Maybe that's another one to keep an eye on. DeAndre Hopkins is an interesting call. I think Mike Evans is probably – that's probably the move, right? He's only 30, 31 years old. He does yeah. have some money left in his contract. And this year – and he's on my fantasy team, dude. I can't admit – the guy's leading the league – in touchdown catches that are being called yep. back by holding penalties, right? I don't think yep. that's his fault right now. And maybe his numbers are being driven down just enough to the point where maybe he could be on the market and may, it might not be as pricey as he would have been in years past. Brady might not be there next year. You know, to be honest, you know, they, right? were, they were talking about a potential uh, Patriots reunion, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? So I guess, I guess we'll see how everything unfolds. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think wide receiver got to do it, Joey, like – you just look at week in and week out the quarterbacks look at uh josh allen right stefan Diggs, right you look at travis kelsey with uh patrick mahomes right you look at tua all of them cheetah yeah. Jalen waddle Corey, you mentioned this uh on the chgo i think it was the after show and if you go around and we want we all want to uh, chicago bears fans we're new to this thing all right we're new to the party of having a franchise quarterback all right so we're, we're not exactly sure how to read the room right now but you were so perfectly pointing out the fact that if you go around the room of the great quarterbacks look at each and every single one of them and they are paired with a great offensive weapon you know like you said mahomes and travis kelsey uh jamar chase and joe burrow um you know justin herbert and keenan allen keenan allen yep 
Yeah, I mean, you go around every single one of them, and then the Jalen Hurts has uh, risen up the charts this year. Oh, I wonder why. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Tua Tunga Bailoa. I wonder why. Tyreek Hill and and Jalen Waddle. Why is Aaron Rodgers struggling this year? I don't know, because maybe he lost Devontae Adams. Christian Watson dropping the ball. Um, Literally, Randall Cobb towards the tail end of his career. Receivers matter. I I don't care what anybody says. Like, yeah, if if, if you have a system and and you have younger guys, like – Aaron Rodgers, when he had Randall Cobb in his prime and Jordy Nelson, that that worked for what they were doing, right? Because they were reliable receivers that that fit that role that they had. They don't have those same guys that can do what they did. They don't. They don't have a Jermichael Finley, right? They don't have that. They they don't have any of those weapons. So receivers matter. Poses, please get him a true number one, a guy that can go up and get it and help him out. Because there's times out there where Justin Fields has thrown it right on the money to a guy like St. Brown, and don't get me wrong, he has played way above what I thought he should, 100%. I think we should bring but him back. I think we should, 100%. Yeah. But, he, but Joey, he's not a number one. He's not even a number two. You know, I'm he's telling you, five. he's not. He's a five. He's a five. Yeah, yeah, he, he's a four or five receiver, and that's no disrespect to him because I, I love what he's been able to do, right? It's been great for his career, um, for him to try to get this exposure. But it, to be honest, Joey, he's he, he's – He's not a top receiver. He's not even close. And it's it's just a disservice that you're he's the best receiver for Justin Fields this year. And that's telling you everything you know. Oh, well, they don't pass the ball that well. Well, why? <laughs> Pol- yeah. Poles handcuffed Justin Fields. No, no ifs, ands, or buts. So he I'm gonna tell you what, he left this team out to dry this year. Hundred percent. He left this team out to dry with the with the moves he made, trading Khalil Mack, trading Robert uh, Quinn, trading Roquan Smith not giving Justin Fields the weapons, right? So I'm just hoping that this is in his plan, that he's like, hey, next year, I'm really going to showcase what I can do as a GM and what I can bring to the Bears. So, hey, I'm trusting this process. I'm, I told you, I'm not going to evaluate him until after the, the free agency, the draft, and then how the season goes. That's how I evaluate him, right? If he doesn't surround this team with enough talent, especially Justin Fields, that's on him. Well, So, Corey, is it fair to say – that if we can maybe play armchair psychologist a little bit, that in my opinion, you know, Ryan Poles came into this season and he was wait and see on Justin Fields. And I think that's why he traded the guys that he traded. I think that's why the offensive line looked the way that he, that it did. Uh, you know, that's why they, you know, they didn't take, you know, a wider, they went defense first in the first two rounds um, because he was like, you know what? I don't know about Justin Fields. So I'm going to play the draft pick game. Right. And I'm going to build up my draft capital and see what happens. But Corey, is it also fair to say that the wait and see is over? We have seen, we yeah. have seen Justin Fields, right? So this whole thing of like we're gonna build this thing and we're gonna go nice and slow and all this other stuff, I think that's out the window, man. We've seen, we know. Now it's time for Ryan Poles to act accordingly. And you know, I'm not saying be desperate and you know overpay for some guy, but I'm also yeah. saying don't do the Ryan Pace thing either, where we're just gonna spend all of our money on one side of the ball. You know, do yeah. a little bit of everything all over the field and bring this sucker up. A little bit quicker than I think maybe he anticipated because of Justin Fields' play. Is that fair to say? Exactly. I mean, we 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 missed out on George Pickens, who I think is going to be a great dang player in this league, right? Who was first round talent that we could have got a second. You know, hey, pass him twice. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, well, I I love the Brisker pick. Uh, Gordon has been up and down. He's gotten better. Um, Brisker's good though. Oh, Brisker's really good. He he hit the nail. He hit the nail on the head with that one for sure. Bellis Jones. Kind of doesn't look like the best pick. It's, it's not over yet, but doesn't look like a great situation. 
that's the problem, right? That was his best receiver option for Justin Fields, a 25-year-old receiver in college that's kind of unproven. He that, waited I too like long. I, I went back and I looked at it, too, because I wanted you know, you play that fun uh, 2020 uh, hindsight game, and you do the whole, like, these are all the wide receivers taken after Valus Jones, and if you, if you pull up the list, none of them have really actually made an impact in the NFL. The problem is that Ryan Poles waited too late. In a wide receiver-rich class, he thought that he could get some sort of depth uh, a little bit further down, you know what I mean? And he waited way too long. By that time, Sky Moore was gone. You know, George Pickens was gone. And and, and that's just kind of what ended up happening. And yeah, Valus Jones, you know, uh, we, we did that. We did that number last week. My final Christmas wish question for you, and then we're going to preview uh, Bears mm -hmm. and Bills, do a final score and get out of here. Um, my final one is, what is your Christmas wish for the coaching staff? You can pick Eberflus. You can pick Alan Williams. You can pick Luke Getze if you want to. But Christmas wish, he wish heading into 2023, all these guys are doing it for the first time, Corey. So, you know, what is your Christmas wish to think that they're going to be able to take this to another level moving forward? Luke Getze, right? Because I feel like Justin Fields' development is critical with Luke Getze. And I think since that Patriots job uh, game, he's done a great job of, of game planning for Justin Fields. However, when we get to the 30-yard line, right, like kind of that range, <laughs> the play calling gets a little tight, Joey. A little right? tight. And even from the beginning of the season, right? At one point in time, we were uh, 20, early on in the season, we're like 20 runs to two passes in the red zone. I'm like, whoa, dude, yeah. you got you got to pass the ball in the red zone, right? And then when he started passing the ball a little bit, Cole Komet came alive. Now he's missing again, right? But that's what it is. Luke, Luke Gessie, I want you to improve on your 30 and in, like kind of like that red zone range right before the red zone. I want to see you. Put, put your foot on the on the on the accelerator don't put it on the brake let's keep this going right justin fields you got it ebbs and flows of the game right justin fields is completing some passes let's work off that let's work some rpos let's work some some more passes you, you just you just can't go back to to running on third and one you know and, and, or passing the ball on third and one that that was something in the last game that i was like it's third and one dude why why, why are we passing the ball and you play it as a as two down territory you got two plays to get a yard, right? Run the football. So I want to see better play calling in those situations for Luke Getty because I think he is talented, and I think he could take Justin Fields' game to the next level, but it's about improving on that red zone play calling. Yeah, we talked a little bit about, you know, just, you know, wait and see with Justin Fields. I've seen, I know, I'm excited, let's move forward. Luke Getty, I still am just a little touch of a wait and see on him. I like it. I think that he pairs well with Justin Fields, clearly that they've been able to evolve as the season goes along, I think is a positive sign. You would like to think as the years move forward, their relationship together will get stronger, more cohesive, but I'm right there with you, man. You know, there is going to come a time when you can't just say, hey, Justin, take it, <laughs> you know what I mean, at the five-yard line and run it in. You're going to want to have some counters and some stuff to play off of that too as well. So, um it is really funny too, as well, that like six weeks ago, one of the topics in Chicago was, should, will we lose Luke Getze as a head coach next year? That was one of the funniest things I heard all season long, Corey, because I like the guy. I really do. He's super talented, but can we just slow the roll for a second here? Like Luke Getze needs to take Justin Fields and they, we need to go to the NFC championship game and play in a Super Bowl. And then, you know what, like talk to 
the Jaguars about being coming the next yeah. head coach. Like I can't right yeah, now. If, like, slow down, if, everybody. If, if Justin Fields was a top ten offense with this personnel that he had right has right now, I would <laughs> say Luke Getzey is is getting a head coaching job. But no, no, no <laughs> come on, man. It has it hasn't been that good. He started out poorly. Um, and if you look at the Bears' stats besides the rushing game. It's pretty awful. Like when you look awful. at the actual stats bottom and numbers, of, bottom of the NFL across the board. But yeah. but Justin Fields' playmaking has, has been unbelievable. He's carried this team. Like he is, his back must be sore. Low key, he's got to he's got to hit the inversion table, like the one I got right here, uh, because his back's got to be sore, man. Like so, Luke Getzey, we need to see more. But yeah, with everything that happened with Hackett this year, no, no nobody, <laughs> nobody's, nobody's ha- having a coach. <laughs> having a coach become a head coach if if, <laughs> if they don't have if they don't have multiple years of experience i'm, I'm telling you they, <laughs> that that broncos less ride oh man that's been a debacle man it, it, early on in the season from you know you, you pay this man all this money and then you kick a field goal that's a great dude that that's a that's a great call and uh you know if anyone hears what we're talking about ryan is sniffing around a justin fields connor encounter in terms of him passing the ball just do me a favor look at yards per attempt Look at yards per completion, okay? And then actually watch some film and see some of the throws that he's executing out there with the bereft of talented offensive weapons he has. And trust me, the guy has a future as a passer. I swear to God, if I hear one more joke about how Justin Fields is a runner only, um, I'm going to probably jump through this Zoom and, and confront somebody. No, you know what I mean? It's, no, when no, it's, it's when lazy. No one's open. It's lazy. Yeah, it's lazy. When no one's open, you got to make plays, man. You know, and, and that's what he does, right? You take what the defense is giving you and – Honestly, I don't think too many quarterbacks can can put up the type of production and be in every game like he has carried the Bears um, with the talent he has. I don't think I don't think yeah, many no. quarterbacks could do that. At all. It's 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 the definition of uh, uh, making chicken salad out of chicken shit. It, it really it really has been that definition this year. And obviously, polls in the team was kind of designed that way. And our idea now is to elevate that level of play to see if Justin can then for even go to a higher level and become you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, which is what we're hoping for. Uh, Corey, really quick, uh, give me one. We, you know, we did Corey's keys. We moved it over to Corey's C's right now because, you know, the Bears, I don't think we're really rooting for them to win many more games. Let's get that number two pick. And they're playing a very, uh, very tough Buffalo Bills uh, team that has Super Bowl aspirations again. So what do you want to see in this game? What does Corey want to see in week 16, Bills and Bears? I, w- I want to see Justin Fields' continued development, right? I want to see the passing game with Luke Getzey, right? Let's let's dial it up for Justin Fields. We know what he can do as a runner, um, but now it's about his development in, in the passing game. So let's take some shots. I know we don't have the arsenal, but I, w- I want to see it there. I want to see us take more shots deep, right? We have nothing to lose in this game, honestly, right? You're going against a great team that, like you said, has Super Bowl aspirations, and like these past two weeks, these are two teams that we're trying to be like, right? We have a, we have a talented mobile quarterback that yeah. can pass the ball, right? Both teams have great defenses, the Eagles and the Bills, right? And that both teams have weapons at wide receiver, something that we don't. So yeah. these are two examples of like we should model. You always like this, right? You want to model your game after people that do well and and and, and work well together. So that's that's what the Bears should be looking at. So Justin Fields, you know, just continue doing what you're doing. But Luke Getzey, dial it up for him, right? Put him in position to succeed. Don't allow the the front seven of the Bills to really hurt you like he did last week, you know? Because 
think things were really working well the way we were protecting. So put Justin Fields in a position to succeed. Let's work the play action. Let's work the screens. Let's work the draws early on. Get that front seven off balance, right? So it's critical for Luke Getzey to do that, right? He did a pretty good job against the Cowboys early on, keeping that talented defensive line off, off balance, right? As the game went on, when we had to pass the ball, it got a little different. But keep them off balance early on, rely on the running game, work the play action off it. Yeah, I think this is actually a really uh, interesting litmus test for another little challenge marker for Luke Getze coming into this game. And, and, and Corey, uh, you know, you brought up a really great point about the Eagles and the Bills, kind of the mirrored images of hope the, the Chicago Bears aspire to be as we compete up against them. And, you know, I, I'm going to go, uh, I got two kind of what I want to seize. In terms of Luke Getze thing, you know, take the temperature of the room, as in it's going to be zero degrees outside, Corey. Um, <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, uh, play that accordingly. I am a little terrified that if the wind really does start to kind of pick up a little bit, they're calling for 30, 40 mile power winds. I am worried that we're going to expose Justin Fields to probably some more runs than I would probably like, especially in situations where you try and drop back to pass. Maybe it isn't there for that quick hit because we can't get separation. Justin all of a sudden is scrambling scrambling for his life. I'm just like constantly thinking about his health as if he's yeah. like my own child. I'm watching my own child in the stands, so maybe that's my own problem. Another thing, Corey, that I want to see, and this is my, my big C of the game, and um, I know we like to talk about JF1 a lot. I think this is a really great opportunity the next three weeks, and I liked what I saw last week. I think David Montgomery, I, I want to see, especially in a game like this where it's going to be cold, we might not be able to attempt as many passes as we want. You know, Jalen, uh, David Montgomery has a three-game audition for either his next football team or whether he comes back to the Chicago Bears. I don't know. I don't really have a firm opinion on it either way right now. But, you know, he has an opportunity right now to, I think, make an impression and maybe kind of show us a little bit whether he deserves to be a part of this Bears future moving forward. And he's a guy we're going to have to lean on. It's going to be freezing cold outside. He's a guy who likes to punish the opposing defenders. This is kind of tailor-made for David Montgomery to have a really, really strong game. And I know he caught a pass for a touchdown, scored a touchdown last week. Let's keep it going. Finish up strong, David, David Montgomery. You know, Even if you're not on the Bears next year, I, I think you're a solid football player. Um, and he has an opportunity to put up some numbers in the next couple of weeks. And I'm rooting for him. And I, and I want to see it. And if we don't go with David Montgomery next year, you know, I'm I'm kind of curious who's going to be the guy in pass pro that's going to help out our offense. Um, I still think David Montgomery could be a part of this Bears mix. I just think he needs to finish strong, and that's what I want to see against the Bills this week. You know, I'm I'm not too concerned if he finishes strong because if they if they keep him at bay, uh, it'll be a better deal for us in the off season. So that's yeah, true. <laughs> don't let him go too nuts. Is what you're yeah, saying. yeah. Don't let him get too nuts, right? Um, I'm his agent but, yeah. over here. <laughs> I, I I think I think bringing him back would be a smart decision because it, it's kind of like thunder and lightning, like the the Tiki Barber, Ron Dane, um, yeah. we have with with him and Khalil Herbert, and I think that's a good fit. Khalil Herbert is still under contract, I believe, for two more years, right? Um. Yeah, so that would be a good situation to have. And, yeah, maybe bring David Montgomery back on a four-year deal, um, you know, maybe maybe 12 to 15 million, you know, something like that. I you know, with, eight, with 18, 18, yeah. 18, guaranteed yeah. 12 of it, something like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe yeah. Basically the Tariq Cohen, but a, maybe a couple million more. Exactly, exactly. But, um, but, yeah, I think everything's more in the favor of the Bears at this point because – 
I think Khalil Herbert, you know, more yards per carry, even though I think David Montgomery has a little bit more value because of what he can do out of the backfield, blocking, um, give, give you a yard if you need it um, between the tackles, tough old school type football player. So I think there's value in there. It's just about the right price. So I think if they can get him back and uh, have, have Khalil Herbert, um, we got Evans as well that, that, that flashes. So, yeah, I don't know. That might be a thing, too, if they feel good about Evans as well. Um, that might be more more wiggle room to kind of let David Montgomery go. So I guess we'll see how this unfolds. I think they like him, but it's just all about price. Yeah. Uh, let's do it. Uh, let's do it, Corey. Uh, Bears, Bills, final score, week 16. What do you got? Okay. I think it's going to be a, a, a lower scoring game, not super low, but I think it's going to be like a 21-17 Bills. Um, in this one, kind of, kind of a, uh, grind them out game for them. I think it's, it's just been like every other game, right? Uh, Justin Fields and the Bears does good, do good offensively. He makes some plays, um, defensively, you know, we still struggle with pressure and, and stopping the run, but I think because of the weather, we keep it close. So I think Josh Allen's going to get the better of them. Uh, Buffalo's looking to continue to get better and, and make that push like you said, for a Super Bowl run. So I, I don't I don't see the Bears uh, winning this one, and it'll be good in the scheme of things with, with draft picks as well with the Bears lose, uh, loss. Yeah, Corey, I'm not that far away. I mean, yeah, with the weather coming up, you know, it's just one of those things that can just completely submarine your final score, right? Uh, but I'm going to yeah. go uh, I'm gonna go 23-20 Buffalo Bills um, just because I'm basically picking from the greatest hits of what this Bears season is. <laughs> this Bears season has basically been uh, they can't stop the run. Justin Fields is awesome. Cairo Santos will miss an extra point, uh, which will obviously kind of obscure the score and will completely change our decisions in the third and fourth quarter. Um, I also think, too, as well, this could be one of those games, too, Corey, where um, the Bears might be in, let's just say, I don't know, the 27-28 yard line, and it's fourth and five, and they opt not to go for a 42-yard field goal because of the conditions. And that could also stunt the score. You know what I mean? That could exactly. also, you know, yep. you pick up that fourth down on fourth and five. You're in a position where you're doing stuff that's maybe a little bit abnormal um, because you just don't trust your kicker and the weather conditions at the time. So I'm going to go 23-20. Uh, Buffalo Bills win. A close nail biter. We're in it every fourth quarter. We figure out a way to lose. And, you know, I mean, the, we just keep on we just keep on marching towards that second, uh, that second overall pick. And I actually have the Texans beating the Titans this week. That's right. You heard me right here on Believe in Bears. I think the Texans pick up a win, and I think this gets really, really, really interesting heading into the final couple games of the season because they only have to win two more. If they get to yeah. three, if they get to three, that means they have three and a half because they have a tie, Corey, which means Ooh. it's not even tied anymore. So they actually have exactly. a higher winning percentage. We jump into that number one. That's what I'm rooting for. Um, Corey, real quick before we get out of here, uh, we're taping this on a Wednesday night. It's probably coming out on a Thursday. Um, a little off topic, man, but this is NFL centric. Um, and it's near and dear, obviously, to my my home right now. Um, Franco Harris passed away today. Um, you know, one of the great not only NFL legends, uh, one out of one of the great NFL winners of all time, but also was a part of the Immaculate Reception, which is was named by NFL Network the greatest play in NFL history. And now the Steelers and Raiders are playing each other this Saturday night on Christmas Eve, and they were going to celebrate that anniversary. Um, with everyone that was involved there and now it's going to be a celebration but also there's going to be a bit of a rumination on his passing do you have any I mean did you have aunts uncles I mean you yourself do you have Franco Harris fans in your life did he mean did he mean anything to you I mean he was just such a great impactful player in NFL history 
So, so I didn't have anybody that was like a, a you know, diehard fan of, of his or the Steelers, but I think people um, just respected his game, you know, and, and the person he was, that's, that's all I ever heard was great person, you know, yeah. um, great player. But I think that's the thing. Like when someone is referred to as a great person off the field, I think that holds more weight for me at least. Right. Because there's, there's, there's so many good football players out there. Right. But it's all about the person that you can be. And I think that's when everyone talks about him, when you hear about him, it's a first class guy, always, always did things the right way. And that, that's something that, uh, you know, I think, I think more players should, should aspire to be, um, because I, I I think that's that's the one thing you know when it comes to your reputation you know you want to you want to be able to have both be a great football player, but have been a great person that was a great teammate. Um, so yeah, I, I I've heard nothing but great things, and it's unfortunate, right, when someone passes away. Um, you know, especially someone of his caliber and 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 all that, especially with everything you said that they're having the the macular reception um, kind of anniversary. And it's kind of going to be a somber thing, uh, you know, with his passing. But you know, I know they definitely will honor him in the right way. And I know, I know your your wife's uh, side of the family and her are, are probably, you know, Franco Harris is an absolute legend. Um, if you're a Steelers fan, so yeah. um, prayer, prayers and, and thoughts for his family. Um, I know it's a tough time, especially with the holidays right here. So um, just wishing them the best. And and I know it's a tough situation anytime you lose somebody, but. Uh, he did a lot of good in the world, and I think uh, he, he made a lot of people happy, uh, both on and off the field. So prayer, prayers and thoughts with, with his family. Yeah, and um, I, I'd like to attribute this to uh, – the I heard something from Rich Eisen today, and if I get it wrong, please aggregate and comment below. But, Corey, in NFL history, he is the leading rusher in Super Bowl history and Super Bowl games, and he is 289 yards ahead of Emmett Smith, the greatest rusher uh. of all time. So just if you know what could be one of those records, dude, that just never gets broken, right? If you're 289 in front of Emmett Smith and the amount of Super Bowls that they went to and the success that Franco Harris had in those Super Bowls, that's super special. Man. Impressive. And, and maybe my final thought on it is um, what's so interesting about the Immaculate Reception and any sport, the 85 Bears, you know, try and put yourself in the shoes of a Steelers fan, Bears fan right now, is that that, that moment not only brought together this incredible dynasty and turned the Pittsburgh Steelers in from honestly also rands into these winners, these, you know, that has spanned on the last 40 years, you know, that play and that moment, him on the field, you know, really brought people together. And then, as you mentioned, his kindness as a person also made yep. Pittsburgh Steelers fans proud to be Steelers fans because of the person that he was. And now this Saturday night, you know, I, I it's going to be sad, but I think it's just going to be really powerful, right? Is there ever going to be a moment outside of them winning a Super Bowl or some sort of big game when Pittsburgh and all Steelers fans across the country are ever going to be closer together? You know what I mean? Like really, mm. like truly come together in this one moment to recognize the great life of Franco Harris. And I think that's what we're going to yeah. see Saturday night. And that's and it's a tribute to him. You know what I mean? On and off the field. So. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, like I said, thoughts and prayers for his family and, uh, you know, just, just, just trying to honor him like, like they will. And, uh, yeah, just, he's got to enjoy every moment, you know, not to, not to get, uh, you know, mushy, but you know, like tomorrow's not promised for any of us, you know, so you got to enjoy the time with your family, your friends and those that matter to you and, uh, and live every day to, to, to the fullest, right? Because tomorrow, like I said, is not guaranteed. So, 
everybody uh enjoy the holidays and uh yeah enjoy that time with your family um because that's that, that's really what's important in this life your, your family your friends your relationships your bonds and and just try to be the best person that you can be Oh, man, super well said. And, yeah, I appreciate every single moment that I get a chance to do these pods with you, Corey. Uh, this was, I believe, in Bears today. We're previewing Bears and Bills for Week 16. Today's episode is presented by BetOnline.ag. Promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to get a 100% holiday bonus on your first deposit. You can't get that anywhere else. So go to BetOnline for all the amazing action coming up this Christmas weekend. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in on YouTube. Comment and question below. Thank you for listening to us on TuneIn, SiriusXM. If you heard our ads, listen or maybe watching the games then you come over to our show thank you so much if you enjoyed it please just tell a friend to check us out moving forward um yeah Corey, man you said it best man happy holidays to everyone to you and yours to everyone out there listening be well be safe please be good to each other and uh you know bears bills it's gonna be cold this weekend Corey. it's bear weather so bear down bear Bear down baby (laughs) do you believe Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.